Like, Who wants to be an adult, man? Yeah. Not, not me. No. Just, no. <laughs> Being an adult sucks. Yeah. You know it'd be fun? What's that? Riding motorcycles, drinking beer, and watching Daniel work out. <laughs> <laughs> and he did it. He <laughs> brought it back. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta take that long road to get to where you're going. <laughs> Everything with that last one for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody I, wants to watch that. There, there's nothing to say other no. than welcome to the Watchdown Podcast. <laughs> Y'all didn't think I could do it, did yeah. you? <laughs> I'm your host, Jeremy Green. With me, my co-host, Chris Nelson. Behind the camera, producer James Moran. And today, we are talking to 17-year veteran, Daniel Shergan, who's the workout king, apparently. Uh, uh, <laughs> habit. Creature habit. habit. It's yeah. so good. Just it's awesome, though. I mean, the, it, the movements the are way. fluid and just right. And yeah. he, he holds I thought it, we told you no to wear shake. something tight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're supposed to wear that halter tank top thing with I'll spaghetti wear, straps. I, I don't know what it's called. <laughs> <laughs> the belly shirt. It's not, that's not Christina approved. <laughs> <laughs> she would bet, not be happy if I wore that working out. I wonder how that conversation would go. I really do. It would not go well. Yeah. All right, honey, here, listen. It's just it's three other dudes in a room and me in this shirt. Mm, she may be okay with that, but I could sell that to her. Yeah, I could do it. Maybe. <laughs> You're not that good of a salesman. <laughs> when I want something, I am. I think I got married. <laughs> Sympathy well played. Point well taken. Played. Well, well played, <laughs> sir. That was so, good. So, Daniel. Yes. Let's start at the beginning. Okay. And you know what made you want to be on the fire department? So, uh, starting back in. 2000, I uh, got on the job at the airlines. Um, great job. My dad did it for years. Great benefits. Uh, supported the family with it. I desperately wanted to get married, so I jumped on that job and uh, support my wife, which we were engaged at the time. And then 9-11 happened, and uh, a lot of layoffs started happening with the airlines and job security. Didn't know how well that would be with, obviously, my dad getting laid off a few times as a, as a child growing up. But, uh, my brother-in-law, who was working with me at the airport, uh, told, him, told me that the uh, local fire department was hiring, and um, I said, hey, man, let's do it, you know. My whole life, I was taught how to put others ahead of myself to serve and love others more than I would serve and love myself, so what better job to do that than our local fire department? So uh, I applied, first time. God bless me, man. I got on. Uh, I was in the second class out of our... Uh, hiring process and started uh, in January of 2004, I believe. So that's kind of how I got on. Um, yeah, which is kind of rare. I mean, a lot of guys from yeah. our process, though, it was first-time yeah. applicants that yeah. got on. And in previous years, it was always, well, I applied four times right. before I got on, you right. know, or just made the cutoff. And right. Yeah. Very fortunate. I was yeah, 21 all, years old. Yeah, we all got lucky. I was I just turned 22. Yeah. Same process. I was old. <laughs> yeah, I was very 24. Yeah. You're young too. Yeah. I was very, for, you guys, like, you know, very fortunate oh, yeah. to get on young. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of how that happened. And um, I don't look back at a day of regret. I mean, I'm so thankful I got on. Um, and I'm not too upset where I served, I worked my whole career either. Uh, everybody's got their own spot to be and to make an impact where you're at. Um, whether that's wherever at you're, you know, whatever you're on the fire department or you're in a different job, uh, just be the best you can be at what you're doing. And, um, 
that's kind of been my whole motive in life, my drive in life. So, um, let me start with like what's been going on and yeah. how. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, about two years ago, two or three years ago now, um, my whole life worked out like we kind of teased earlier about it, but there I was, was no teasing there. No man. teasing. Yeah, I was not teasing. I was hitting on you. Well, <laughs> thank you, sir. So I'm really into uh, being in shape, and um, it almost became an obsession because um, uh, anything good can be bad if you let it kind of control you. Right. And so your body will give you signs when you should stop doing things, you know, yeah. and uh, I didn't listen to the signs. I kept pushing through like most of us men do or ladies and uh, pain just is, is no gain. You got to get more and more, you know, and push back. Don't show any weakness. So about two or three years ago, I was uh, working out, doing things and noticed that some back pain going on. Uh, I just kept pushing through it. Next thing I know, it turns into sciatica. I can't hardly walk. I pushed it too far. What I thought was controllable was not controllable. I could have just stopped, but I couldn't because it was controlling me. So um, that injury was a start of a dark rabbit hole that took me down to a deep, deep hole of depression. Um, sadness, brokenness that I never thought I'd ever reach in my life. Um, I was raised in a great home, man. My parents were great parents. I had, uh, I have two sisters and a brother. Uh, you know, you're ideally how your family should, you know, be. And uh, all that really is what happened in my father's life um, when he was 23, 24 years old. Uh, he gave his life to the Lord, and he started serving Jesus at, a, at that age. And prior to him asking the Lord into his life, he was, you know, living for the world and doing everything that the world offered him, and he took hold of it. And uh, one of the guys at his work, I uh, was reading the Bible one day, and my dad said, oh, what are you reading over there? And uh, the gentleman said, well, I'm feeding myself. And my dad was like, feeding yourself? He's like, yeah, I, uh, you, know, you got to feed your, your physical body, but you also got to feed your spiritual body. So my dad goes, yeah, I know what the, all that stuff means. I know what it means. He, my dad was raised in the church. He had an idea of it, but he, he really didn't understand. And so the guy kind of looked at my dad and said, well, you're no more saved than a billy goat. Well, I challenged my dad, and my dad is a very competitive person, so that fired him up. Yeah. So my dad said, I'll show him, and uh, that he did. So my dad went home. He opened up the, the, the Bible and the New Testament because that's the new contract. You know, we talk about contracts and stuff a lot with our jobs. Well, we're under the new contract, no longer the Old Testament, which is the old contract. So he started in Matthew and finished in Revelations, and my dad's not much of a reader. And in uh, about two weeks, he finished the whole New Testament. And as he said he was reading it. It just, things started coming alive inside, and they never, he didn't realize he was dead. And uh, he asked the Lord to come live in his life and surrender his heart to Jesus. And, and that is why our family is the way it was. Uh, nothing special, but my life, my dead life, he surrendered to Christ. And he raised us in that truth. And uh, not to say there wasn't challenging things along the way, but um, that's what kept them going through their marriage, through raising us, through all the problems. He always had Christ to fall into. And uh, so I was raising that truth. So starting back to where I was about three years ago when I got my injury, I lost sight of that. I got my eyes on the problem. I got my eyes on the injury. The, will, will I ever be the same guy again? Will I be the guy that people, you know, this guy's strong. He can do this job good. No, 
will I be that guy again? Will I be the strong dad? Will I be the dad who goes out and does adventures and has fun? I, I didn't know. Uh, the injury was so excruciating pain I've never felt in my life. I started having my eyes on the problem. And um, that led to a mental challenge. And the mental challenge is the biggest challenge that we'll ever fight in life. Um, six inches between your ears is the truth. And I know we all played sports before, and you hear it all the time. And it is God's honest truth. If you can't control what's going on between your ears, you will never make it through this life. So as I'm dealing with this injury, now the mental part starts coming in. I forgot who I was. Um, I started listening to lies. Uh, you know, the Bible talks a lot about there's good and there's evil. And it's that simple. You can listen to the voice of truth or you can listen to the lies. And uh, I was listening to the lies. And I tried almost every medicine you could think of, man, as far as uh, mental health medicine, uh, antidepressants. I went through every single one of them, which uh, started causing crazier thoughts, um, which uh, I was desperate. Couldn't get out of bed. It was a struggle every morning to get up. But I just had to force myself to get up. And so I actually went over to my father's house because my dad, like I said, he's a very cutthroat, strong man. And he tells you how it is. And you need those kind of people in your life sometimes. It's okay to have some people that nurture you, but you also need someone in your life who just says, hey, man. Yeah, you need somebody who's going to just wake up call. Yeah. yeah. Put it out there in black and white. This is what it is. Absolutely. So I went over to his house and. I'm discussing him. Dad, I said, Dad, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel like I'm saved anymore. I don't feel like, I don't feel like Jesus loves me anymore. I, don't, I feel like I'm just lost. He said, son, he said, when you ask Christ to come in your life, that's it. He paid a high price for you on the cross. He died and he rose from the grave for you, for every single person who would call on the name of Jesus. And when you did that when you were a little boy and you lived that life all the way up to this point, you're starting to second guess it. That's why you're in the trouble you're in. And uh, it was a wake-up call for me. And... He, was, he told me to act like that. There's a scripture in the Bible, it's in 1 Corinthians, it says, like men, be strong. And we have to be strong in our, in our mental walk, in our family walk, in our job walk. You know, you're going to have times where you do get knocked back, but it's how you react to that that makes you the strongest that you'll ever be. You know, there's, a, there's also a scripture that talks about purifying the fire. You know, a, a refiner's fire, when you go through a fire, uh, they'll, put the, they'll actually melt down the golds, and they'll bring out the impurities in the golds. And then what happens is you scoop out the impurities, and that, now, it's, now it's pure gold. It's, it's refined. So you go through things in life to refine you and make you a better human being. And I believe that's what it was, because after we had that talk, I got my eyes back on who I was, which I'm a child of God, because Jesus now is alive in me. And that really changed my perspective on things. Not to say that I just couldn't lay back and he'll take care of it. I still had to do the steps process to to get where I am today. Uh, there's many, many scriptures that talk about, you know, faith without works is dead. You have to put the work in. Uh, there's a scripture where Jesus tells Peter to go out and get a coin out of one of the fish's mouth. And he could easily have the coin appear in Peter's hands, but Peter still had to do the work. He went out and got the fish, and sure enough, there's the coin inside the fish's mouth. So he calls us to put that work and effort into it. It's already been done for me, but I had to do the work. I had to get out of bed. I had to go to work. I had to fight the battle in my mind. And I fought that with the word of truth, which is the Bible. And many scriptures talk about grip the loins of your mind, because that's where the battlefield really is, is in the mind. So from the guy I was three years ago, going through that, to the guy I am now, 100% stronger than I've ever been in my life.
mentally. So my, that's my encouragement to anyone who's going through struggles mentally. There's, there's different avenues, whether that's through counseling. Some people do need med, medicine. Um, those are all good tools that can help you get through it. But if, if that's the ultimate thing that's going to get you out of it, eventually that will fade. If, and, and for my case, if Jesus is not that rock that you're building your life upon, if you put anything in front of that, working out, women, drugs, alcohol, you name it. If that's your number one in life, that leads to destruction. If he is number one in your life, it leads to life. And for me, that is what's kept me going my whole life. And I saw that through those three years when my eyes were off him and what, I'm, what I see now. So that's a little bit of my story in, in the mental health part of life and things you go through. Yeah. So we, we all know each other a long time. Yeah. So we know that you, know, you had a mowing business at one time. You're kind of doing it again. So your, your wife's a stay-at-home mom, mm-hmm. which I think is great. Yeah. And you, you work, work your tail off to support your family because mm-hmm. you got four kids. Four. Is that right? Yep. Okay. I remember it was. Yeah. <laughs> I thought yeah. I was thinking three. It was three or five or four. Four. Was four. It? You got, four. You got it. You're right <laughs> in the middle. Yeah. Four. But when you're the sole provider. Yeah. And now you're down with an injury. Yeah. You start worrying about how you're going to provide for your kids. Right. And not just doing stuff, but paying for it. Right. So how much did that take a toll? And, and for your wife too, you know. Oh. Talk about houses, cars. Yeah. Or a house. Sorry. Yeah. Not multiple. Oh. We yeah. don't make enough for multiple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of us do. Not, no, don't look at me. Yeah, not me. Not me either. No. Uh, yeah, that was that was a lot of stress on Christina for sure. Uh, she tried subbing more, which she was afraid to leave me alone. Honestly, uh, it was just a lot of stress. And I'm I'm not lying to you guys when I say darkest. And I don't. If anybody out there is going through a crisis in their mind, I'm just here to tell you, like, get your eyes off the problem because because all those things do add up, whether it's bills or your own health or like it starts to add stress not only on you but the family and then that leads to a deeper and deeper and deeper sadness so the more you focus on that like it starts to become your reality so you got to focus on what you for me what I know is truth and if you look at like society and things we've gone through as a country and things that are going through for today it's like every day something changes you know, like, take this, it helps you. Oh, no, don't take this, it doesn't help you. Like, yeah. it just changes. It seems like it always changes. Well, the Word of God's never changed. Jesus doesn't change. It says in the Scriptures, He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. So when you're, when you're building your life on that truth, that fundamental truth, that He'll never change, then I don't have to be tossed around like a wave. Um, so what your focus is becomes your reality, like the problem. And that led me down a dark hole. And when I'm focused on him, it leads to life. And, and maybe not like in the realm of a physical life. You see people that have nothing, but yet they're so alive inside because that's where, that's where it leads to. It's the inside life. It's not what the world would see, people would see. Yeah. So. Well, and that's kind of something that we've talked about before is like recognition, <coughs> recognizing, you know, that there is a problem and starting that process right. early. Right. Because the longer, you know, the longer that you let it go, that's the problems just start to compound. Absolutely. And that's what they talk about with PTSD is PTS, PTS is a normal thing. Post-traumatic stress is that's a normal process. 
whenever it becomes a disorder, it's whenever it's gone on for longer than two weeks, right? Is kind of the magic timeline that they kind of want to say. But being able to recognize that, okay, this is a problem early, jumping on it, and it keeps it from getting to that right. point. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it, it can't control you. You yeah. got to control it. Yeah. And then um, you have, like you talked about, you have your eyes on the solution right. and not the problem. Right. So, and it just yeah makes the recovery faster. Oh, yeah. So. Well, yeah, and I always think, like, how much stronger it's made me as a human being. Absolutely. Like, like I just know, like, like talking about working out again, like, when you build a muscle, you tear it down and build it up, right? Yeah. Well, that's sometimes a personality or a heart, like, when it's been broken and there's nothing there, and then it comes back to the life that it should have, it's so much stronger. Yeah. Like, I mean, what kills you makes you stronger, that's, it's true, like, either it's going to kill you or it's going to make you stronger, and you got to choose, like, this is not taking me out because yeah. I'm not going to let it. Yeah. And the minute you decide that as a human being, that's your, that's what you said, that's your start. Yeah. It's not controlling you anymore. Yeah. I just had that. It's funny. I just had that conversation this morning with a friend of mine and you know, he just went through something really traumatic and you know, we were talking about that and I said, you, you're going to come through the other side of this. You know, you, you're taking the steps. You saw it early and you know, it's been, you've done the right things. Mm -hmm. And whenever you come out the other side, you're going to be able to be able to help other guys mm -hmm. who maybe Absolutely. are going to go into something similar, or you are going to be able to recognize those signs or see, okay, this is a problem or this could be a problem. Right. Let's jump on it. Let's be proactive before it becomes, right. you know, All right. Yeah, I totally definitely see now, like, what controls people. But the person still has to be willing to hear that, oh, you yeah. know, and, yeah. and surrender that to, and be able to hear that from a friend. Yeah. You know, I would hope that, like, I know I could say something to you, and it wouldn't really offend you, because we have a history together. Yeah. If I were to just meet you and say something, you'd probably get, you'd put the gloves on, you know, you'd be ready to... Whoa, 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 Daniel, yeah. you know. But, don't say anything about his Jeep, even if you do. <laughs> don't touch that ground, huh? Uh, well, that's, that's a different story. Uh, yeah. But that's, that's the process of relationship, right? Right. When you have a relationship with people that goes deeper than just surface, uh, that's where we should call each other out and things. So I can see now, because I had that problem, and it was a good thing. Like, working out is a good thing. But... Even good things can lead to bad things when they're addictive. And yeah. so I would want someone to call me out. Daniel, hey, this is starting to control you again. Yeah. So anything that controls you, like, that's a problem. That's, it's an addiction, right? Yeah. So identifying early, me going through something like that. You guys have gone through different stories, but you can identify that someone else. And if they're willing to listen, we have breakthrough. Yeah. Turn yeah. that mic just a little bit towards your – there you go. Sorry. No, you're good. <laughs> So yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And, and that's exactly true is that it doesn't matter what it is, even if it's like you said, a good thing. Right. It can be, that's why the saying is too much of a good thing. hundred percent. Right. Because it's the truth. Yeah. You know, working out Jeeps, motorcycles, yeah. you know, all yeah. that stuff, all the good stuff yeah. that can be too much of it. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So take me into your, <coughs> 
so so many times in it, being a first responder, we have you know just the dark, dark reality of situations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when you put your focus on Christ and you you look at all the good He does for us, and you know the daily forgiveness He gives us. Mm-hmm. But then with our line of work, we see just some of the most hateful, hurtful, right. atrocious things. Right. And so many people, you know, always want to say, well, if right. there was a God, this right. wouldn't happen or he wouldn't allow this. And, right. you know, obviously we, we know what he says about free will, but how do you, you know, in, in your victims or your friends when they just have these deepest, darkest holes, how right. do you continue to reassure them? and bring them back to his light and teach them the patience that they need. Yeah, a whole hundred percent. Like, you got to think about in any, in the history of battles, right? Military battles or, you know, you know, even sports battles, a team against another team, there's always going to be an opponent, you know? So we all know the devil, right? Like Jesus and the devil, there's always going to be an opponent. And the story of the devil is he wanted to overthrow God, and uh, he tried doing that, and God kicked him out of heaven. And he's a fallen angel. And when the minute he fell out of heaven, his whole goal in life has been to destroy what God made. And it talks about in the Bible, God made us in his image. He created human beings in the image of God. So that fired the devil up, and he's trying to destroy human beings since God made us in his image. He did it in the garden with the apple. He tempted Eve. She ate it. He tempts us every day. And that voice, like you're talking about, like seeing people on this calls we go on. Like, how could someone, how could a human being so, be so evil and hateful? Well, you're either, you're either serving Christ or you're serving the world. You're either serving Jesus or you're serving the devil. And that's, it's, that's why we see that. Those people, they don't know Christ. They're not living for him. They, they don't understand what he's done for them. And the brokenness in this world is because of sin. It's not nothing that person's done. It's when, when sin came in the world through the apple, through that decision, that choice of good and evil, that's when that presented itself. So we see that on the job of children dying before they should or uh, people doing horrible things with drugs or horrible things to children or you, you name it. Is this, they're being manipulated. They're, they're being manipulated by the puppet master. And they can listen to that and say, oh, I, God, he's not real. He's not true. He wouldn't, let, he wouldn't create something like this if it was real. Or they can say, well, no, that's the devil trying to distract me from what I know is truth. And Jesus said, I am the truth. He talks about in the Bible, the devil is the father of lies. Everything he says is a lie. It's like when you're a kid and you see the cartoons, angel and the devil. It's, it's that simple. He's talking. Oh, don't listen to him. Don't listen to him. He doesn't he know what he's talking about. And the voice of truth says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the light. No one comes to the Father but through me. And when you understand that by reading the Word, by feeding your spirit, not your flesh, it comes alive to you. So that's my explanation for that. Like you have a choice to either listen to his lies or listen to the truth. There's people, many, many people um, that I've ran into in my life that have shown me how to live. And I'm not always going to get it right, but be around those people that are speaking life into your life, not destruction. You know, so, yeah, that's, that's a tough spot. You know, I talked to a guy who's actually on the job, and he has a hard time believing that God would create people like that or, or things like that. And why would you do it? Because he, he knows, right? God knows all. Why would you even do it? Why would you take a chance on us? Well, 
He always had a backup plan, that was Jesus Christ. The minute Eve ate the apple, it talks about it. The king will, will slap, will, the heel will smash the serpent's head. And he was talking about Jesus on the cross. The cross was always in plan. God was always in plan to come and die for us because we couldn't do it ourselves. It's not a religion, it's a relationship. And the minute that you decide, I'm all in, I'm no longer going to live, I can't be perfect enough, I can't say enough Hail Marys or go to enough church meetings or say enough worship songs, it's about a relationship, what Jesus did for me. Then that comes alive and you see the truth. You see what the devil's up to. He's trying to destroy lives. And so many lives get destroyed because he's tricked them. He's tricked them into believing God isn't real or why would God create things like this when he created good. If it's good, it's from God. If it's not good, it ain't from him. Got to be honest, I like the passion. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. But it it keeps you centered. So you keep that mental health balance. Oh, absolutely. To where you're able to adapt and overcome whatever you're seeing. So we see those bad calls, no matter what they are. Absolutely. And I think it also helps when you're on scene, you're talking to somebody, you're compassionate. You're more compassionate than than I am. I know in the way you talk to people. Mm. I mean, I try. I, I don't get me wrong. I'm still compassionate, but I'm at an eight, and you're at a twenty. <laughs> it's not me. It's not me, though. It's not Chris. It's it's literally like I just try to look at every single person. And trust me, we all have a flesh that wants to have a judgment. Or oh gosh, the third call of the day on the same person. Like, come on, you know, you have that judgment thought come in mm-hmm. and I choose not to let that control me. I'm going to choose to walk in love and be patient. You know, the Bible talks about the fruits of the spirit, like love, joy, patience, peace, kindness, self-control. Those are all the fruits, what God gives me. And then the flesh of what came through sin is envy, greed, jealousy, hatred, bitterness, all those things. I can either feed that or I can feed who I am in Christ. And I choose that. And when I choose that, I look at you, I look at people as, as created being by God, even if they've done a horrible thing. God still can forgive them and love them if they just say, I'm messed up. And so I try to, on my on patience things we do, I try to go into that with that mindset. And it's not easy. Like, I can't just think, oh, I've got it figured out. No, no. It's, it's always a work in progress. But, yeah. you know, you're staying, you stay physically fit and healthy, but you're staying mentally healthy right. because of your faith and your belief. Right. I think it's a great thing. It might well, not work for everybody. And the thing that I'm... But it works for you. The thing that I'm taking away, and that's something that I learned whenever I went through counseling and everything, is about the choice. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't always affect, or you can't control what happens. You know, you can't control that. No. What you can control is how you react to it, Absolutely. how you perceive it. And that goes along with, pretty much everything in daily life. Absolutely. You know, when you have something bad happen to you, you can look at it, you know, any way you want. You, oh, something bad happened. Or, okay, this is an opportunity yeah. to do this yeah. or whatever. And, you know, it, you make that choice right. every day. Right. Yeah. So. You're, you nailed it there. Like, like, change your focus. Change your lens. You yeah. know. Because I think we all can look at a situation and look – either side see the negative or see the positive it, you can choose what you want you can choose what you even what you you can maybe choose what comes out of your thoughts yeah but you can choose what you think about yeah so let's say you have a negative thought about a person i can let that drive me or i can give that thought away and start to focus on 
caring for that person, loving that person, putting that person in front of my selfish desires. And you're right, you, you get that choice. Yeah. So every day, people can choose who you're going to serve. Yeah. There's also a scripture that says that, choose this day who you're going to serve. Yeah. Are you going to serve yourself? Are you going to serve the world? Are you going to lay your life down and serve Christ? And then that, now you start to come alive. You really start to love people the way they, not selfishly motivated. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this for this person because I expect nothing in return. And that's kind of where that starts. It's all because of you surrendering to him. He changes you. You don't really change. He changes you, and then you have a changed heart. So, Because yeah. if, if we could be good enough, there would be no re- reason for the cross. But we can't. Yeah. And something I just I absolutely love is, as Christ teaches us to be servants, like how cool are we? Mm-hmm. Is it that that's our job? Right. Yeah. Like we yeah. actually get a paycheck yeah. to do it. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's amazing because I, as a kid growing up, I never thought I would be on the job. Like I really didn't. I saw myself doing music. I love music. I still see myself maybe doing that in the future, but he kind of put me here. He put me in that service role. I, I really believe that. And like I said earlier, we're all where we should be, like pieces of a puzzle. If we were all in this one area, well, this area would suffer. So he's put you in the area where you're at, you know? And, and I think challenge yourself, like whether it's getting a promotion or whatever it is, you should challenge yourself every day. But that can be in the little things. Like, man, my wife's really driving me crazy today, but I'm still going to love her. You know, I'm not like her. You know, <laughs> it's challenging yourself every day. Oh, kids, they leave their stuff on the floor one more time. But if you fight that, explain to them, love them, every day in the little things, if you challenge yourself, you, you start growing. My mom has said to me, yeah. she's like, I'll always love you, but I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> right now, I don't like you. Yeah. 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 Never getting the whippings. I still love you. Yeah. And feel like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you sure, Mom? Well, but whenever you look back on it, yeah, you know, you're like, okay, well, yeah, they did that because I needed discipline. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and that's how you learn right from wrong. Yeah. And, you know, this is acceptable. This isn't. Right. You know, and it has so many more lessons. And like you said, it's in the little things. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's the same with Christ. Like, when oh, yeah. you experience a terrible loss or a terrible injury, like, don't feel very loved right now. Yeah. Well, yeah, because love is coming through education and, and growth. Yeah. yeah, and that's kind of what I was when I went through that dark spot. I thought, where'd you go? Like, God, where'd you go? I feel so alone. I feel so broken. I didn't, yeah. and I grew up in the church. I grew up with a godly dad, and I fell in love with Jesus at a very young age. But I didn't feel like he loved me at that moment. Yeah. It was the weirdest experience in my life. And, and when I got my eyes, like I said, off of him and started listening to the lies, that's why I felt alone. I had to remind myself of the promises of God. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. Once you ask him to come into your life, surrender your heart to him, Romans 10, 9, 10, if you confess in your mouth and believe in your heart Jesus is Lord, you're saved. Your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So I started remembering my baptism. I started remembering when I was in my bedroom at six years old, on my knees, praying with my brother and my mom, asking Jesus to come live in me. I remembered who I was in him, and that's exactly what started that started to come back alive. I wasn't alone. It was a lie I believed. He didn't leave me. You know, even Jesus said on the cross, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was completely alone on the cross. Jesus went through every single thing we go through as human beings. He knows your problems. When you have a problem, bring it to Jesus. He knows. He's been through it. He walked this earth. He went to the desert and got tempted by the devil, and he refused it three times. The devil even quoted scripture to him. If you, if you are God, fall off this, and angels will f- come and rescue you and pick you up. 
So three times he said, no, I will not test the Lord my God. You know, next time he says, well, turn this rock into bread. If you're hungry, eat it. He says, no, man should not live by bread alone. You know, he says, oh, look down. You can have all these kingdoms if you just sit, lay down your life down and worship me. And Jesus says, no, I serve God and, and worship him only. So he's been through the temptations, and we've all done it, like working out, food, women. Like, that's been my God. Oh, I'm so sorry. Jesus, you're my God. Well, then, that, he, he did it for me. Lord, I'm so sorry I made that my God, you know? Yeah. Well, so. and that's, that's something that I've been thinking about a lot recently about growth and the temptation and all of that mm -hmm. stuff. Um, and you guys can agree or disagree. Uh, I don't know. But it seems like every big growth, you know, personal growth that I have had and that most people that I know have had has come from something that has been hard. Oh, yeah. Like, you don't grow sitting on your recliner watching Futurama. You know? Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> but I there's... Was, that was directed right at me. Was it? Yeah, yeah. It was. Well, you know. I love Futurama. Yeah. The show's awesome. But it's... Bender was a god for a day. Yeah. Hey, well, talk Futurama. Yeah. You shut your hippie mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I know the show. Uh, it's a cartoon. Oh, I'm, out. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was so good. But, like, so we'll take even back to sports, All you right. know? You practice, and you practice hard, and that's how you get better. Right. And then you go through these things that are hard. Right. And whenever you come out the other side, you have growth and a new perspective right. and you're a better person or, you know, you're stronger mentally, physically, whatever it may be. Yeah. But the, the common denominator is like Jesus in the desert. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like easy stuff. Right. You know, it right. wasn't, it was hungry. He was it was thirsty. Yeah. Yeah. He was, and it's, it's that type of hard things, yeah. those type of hard things that, once you go through them right. and get out of your comfort zone and go do it, yeah. then it basically pays the dividends yeah. later on. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, 100%. You know, I just, I mean, I think the cicada tree, it only seeds when it's gone through a you know, forest fire. Mm -hmm. It only breaks seeds. So when you're burned down to nothing, like, that's when you actually, I agree with you, you come to life and you didn't know you were dead till you are alive again. Yeah, and uh, like I said, man, I I'm so thankful I went through it. I wouldn't have changed a thing. I really wouldn't, uh, because I am who I am today, even stronger than I was before I went through my injury. If like things now, I'm I'm all in God. Like this podcast, I probably wouldn't. I was yeah, Jeremy, I'll do it, and I probably wouldn't have done it. Yeah, you know, but I'm all in now. If I can advance the kingdom for God, I'm all in. Yeah, you know, and I think as as we get closer to the return of Christ, and we get closer to that day when He comes back for us. You're going to start seeing more resistance. You know, you're going to start seeing it's hard, going to be harder to be a light for Christ. You're going to see it's going to be harder for, to speak up for Jesus because I wouldn't want to hear about that. Or it could even be worse. But in other countries, you're thrown in prison. They cut your head off. Use the name of Jesus. So I'm just saying it's going to be harder, and I'm all in. So I'm so thankful I went through that. I really am. And it's made me a better dad, a better husband, a better friend. Like someone calls me up, falls in the middle of doing something. My time was my time. Oh, why are you calling me? Like, but now I'm like, I'm in. I don't care if I'm doing something really important at that time, but for myself, I'm dropping it and I'm, I'll be there for you. And I mean that with all my heart. Like, if you're going through a bad spot in your life, 
Call me. I know if people are going to watch this, man, I'm in. I'm all in. I'm there to help you and love you along the way. So, yeah. And that's because of what I went through, 100%. Yeah. Well, and that's, you know, that's what we need, especially with guys in our line of work, you know, oh, yeah. and that's typically what, yeah. yeah, that's what happens is, you know, you go through something and you're like, okay, that sucked. I know that what, you know, I got through it. Yeah. I want to try to help other people, oh, yeah. you know, and that's what we do, you know, as in the job that we're in being firefighters and first responders is we want to help people. Right. And now we see something even above and beyond you know, running those normal calls or whatever, if, Hey, we can help other people like us, you know, which is, I don't know if it's like it, an added bonus Hmm. or whatever, but, or if it even means more to us that, you know, it's, Oh, Hey, you know, Chris is having a hard time or Daniel's having a hard time and you call me and it's like, right. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you get a little bit of maybe a little more fulfillment. Yeah of being able to do that. Right. hundred percent. You know, my, my wise wife at home, she always tells me there's a difference between being sympathetic and empathetic. Mm-hmm. You know, you run a call on somebody who's having a mental problem. Well, if you wouldn't have gone through it, you'd be, Oh, I'm so sorry for you. You're sympathetic. But if you've been through it, you're very empathetic. Yeah. Dude, I know what it feels like. Yeah. I know what it feels like to be so lost and broken and feel like you can't feel love and you don't feel like people love you or you're accepted. I know what it feels like. Yeah. I'm telling you, you can do this. You can get out of this, but it takes that first step, you know, and, and I'm there for you as patient care. We're gonna get you the help you need, get you with a counselor. If you need medicine, like I said, like nowadays there's, there's medicine that can, if there is a balance off, let's do it. Yeah. Um, but a lot of times it's just, it's changing your, what's controlling your thoughts, changing and, and starting to think about what's lovely, what's just, What's praiseworthy? What's honorable? Focus on that stuff, man. Well, I think something that's so challenging in the fire service, too, as we know, a relationship with Christ is not an instantaneous thing. You don't say a prayer, and then the next day your right. problems are solved. But so often our thought process is geared, as it should be, into instantaneous results. This is not working. Let's quickly move on to something Correct. else. That's not working. Let's quickly move on to something else. And it's hard sometimes to to see the long game when, you know, like physical health or something like that, like – take a pain med my pain goes away fairly quickly or you know we try this plan and and, but in our spiritual realm it it is not instantaneous and it's it's so it's almost counterproductive you know in our line of work that you really have to take the step back and look at both realms of that correct well it's actually it's honestly it's the same thing with mental health you know that's a lot of the problems i just got done reading a book called code four by tanya glenn who's a therapist who's done a lot of stuff with first responders and stuff down in Texas Mm -hmm. and nationwide really. And that's one of the things that she's talked about. And I've talked about it with Rachel before too, of how exactly that same thing of we want instantaneous results, you know, because that's the thing we want to get in, get it done. Mental health is a totally different aspect. It takes a long time sometimes. I mean, you can't just go in for one session and then, oh, I'm, I'm all better now. Right. That's not how it normally works. Yeah, it is. It's a process. Yeah. Yeah. And once you, once you can get the right tools yeah. to get you to where you need to be, because it's not going to stop. It's not like, like I was saying earlier, you've achieved your goal and now I can just, no, it's always, 
every day you get up, you've got to challenge yourself. <coughs> and there's always going to be a challenge. But now you know how to fight it. Yeah. You know how to battle it. And you know how it can, it can actually turn to this. No, it makes me now increase my strength and my love for this person instead of having this other feeling or it can actually make it better. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of weird, like, but it yeah. really can. Yeah. It's having the right tools in the toolbox. Correct. 100%. So, yeah. which, you know, a very super toolbox. <laughs> yeah. This thing, it, you know, especially with what we're doing, what works for him, what won't work for you, won't work for me. Yeah. yeah. But you got to have something. Yeah. So, and it's so, I mean, finding that. Religion of faith isn't a bad thing at all. It's just not for everybody. That's the thing. You know? Well. And I, and I don't mean that in a bad way. Because we all see it a little different and use it a little different. I'm not against religion. No. I grew up in the church. Well, I think it's a difference between religion and relationship with Christ. Yeah. You know, religion says you have to do it this way. Jesus says, I'm the only way. And I think that's where there's a difference. And, and I'm just personally speaking, if, if, if people just could just grasp what he's actually done for them and give their life to him, they'd actually start to come alive. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's always going to be, uh, that guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Like I no, said I mean, earlier, I, I agree with you. I really do. There's always going to be a counter fight to that when you go through this. I'm telling you, or how is that right? Daniel, this says this way. Well, there's only one Jesus. Every religion out there talks about different ways. Even the own, his own people hung him to a cross, the Jewish people, because they didn't see the Messiah. And it's proven historical fact that Christ walked this earth. Proven historical fact that people saw him after his, his death on the cross. And you can challenge it. You can go research it yourself. And people who are on that fence of, ah, he's not real, they start researching it, they're going to fall in love with him. There's movies out there, Case for Christ, a journalist in Chicago trying to disprove Christ exists. He couldn't, you know, give his life to Jesus. There's a lot of religions, but there's only one Jesus. So that's kind of where I, I, I will, we can talk all day long about what works for everyone, what gets you out of your hole. And tools can help, but if Christ is not the foundation I'm building my life on, then, then it will always crumble. It's like the house built on the rock or the sand. The winds came, the storm of life came. I had, the found, I had all the same tools as this house, but the foundation was different, and it crumbled. So that's where I'm telling you, I just personal experience, things I've gone through, I've seen people's lives. Anything you're putting in front of him leads to destruction. Eerie quiet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he just laid it all out there. He did not. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to say I disagree with no, you at all. No. I, I fully agree. We're still talking. We're, we're still yeah. talking. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no. He was just, Moran was just telling oh. me how long we've been going. Oh, okay. So, so that wasn't the, uh, shut oh. up. <laughs> no. Yeah. So like I told you before, whenever, before we started, yeah. it's a kitchen table, man. We just kind of cool. let the yeah. conversation go where it goes and, you know, yeah. I don't think it's bad, you know? Yeah. Different. No, I think it's definitely, it's encouraging to, I think that's where you grow the most, you know, like one guy's perspective on things, you know, it's, it's even in the own church, you'll have people have different views on scripture or of ways of worshiping or things like that. Well, it's all meaningless if we're not, the main thing isn't, isn't pointing to Jesus, you right. know, like, well, I think, and that's not to cut you off, yeah. but I mean, it, that's a, a personal issue that I've had of, 
you know, all of the d different denominations right. and they'll take the same piece of scripture and interpret it different right. ways. Right. And ultimately I think what that boils down to is that's just people, right? You know, it's a, a confirmation bias type thing right. of, well, I believe this anyway. So I want this to say, to mean that. Right. And whether it does or not, they're going to have, they're going to believe what they want to believe. Right. And it's going to be that, that thing. Right. But you know, like you've said, the one thing that's the foundation right. is him. Right. And I think we can all agree on that. Yeah. You know, how many times have we sat around the kitchen table at the fire station right. and talked about, you know, who knows what politics, right. guns, cars, right. whatever. Right. And we're going to have a different, you know, well, I like Chevy's or I like Ford's or whatever. Yeah. And we can sit there and we can have that debate. Right we're all still going to be friends after afterwards. Yes, correct. Yeah. Because we can respect each other's opinions yeah. and you know, yeah, we can agree to disagree. Yeah. Well, yeah. And like the apostle Paul said that the best, you know, I can, I can speak with all the elegant words. I can know every scripture. I can shout it from the rooftops, but if I'm not doing it with love, it's meaningless. So yeah. for me to, to go out there and I, I hope I'm never one of those guys, but I always try to lead by example, live my life by example. And I always try to love people along the way. Um, and I hope that I've always portrayed that on the job. I've always portrayed that as a person cause that's my goal. And, um, at the end of the day, I want I want people to have the conversation with me to still feel like Daniel wasn't yelling at me or Daniel had, you know, he was hopefully caring about me. And that's, yeah, that's kind of the end game. Right. Yeah. And you said it like all the different scriptures that are out there, a church could say it this way, a church could say it this way. It's kind of like us on the job. Like there's different ways to maybe attack a fire. But what puts it out? The water. Yeah. The water doesn't change. Yeah. There's different ways maybe go through this door or through that door, vent this or vent that, but water still puts it out yeah. at the end of the day. That, so, is, that is a perfect analogy. Yeah. yeah that, I mean, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. so you, we all take a different path, but we all get to the same end. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's, and that's our goal. Get right. to the same end. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. And I mean, me for one, I've never came away from a conversation with you thinking, oh, that dude's a jerk. <laughs> I hope not, Jeremy. <laughs> I thought he's a little uppity at times. I mean, I have a well. I question, I question, I question his taste in NFL teams. But, uh. Oh. What do you mean by that? <laughs> I love you, man, but. <laughs> Dan Marino for life. <laughs> Try, man. God, I'm going to need you to look away. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. I get harassed quite a bit. Don't ask sure. who his favorite baseball team is, though. Well, Jeremy already knows that. Yeah, yeah we yeah. had that yeah. conversation. He said something about my truck, and I almost punched him in the throat <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> like, I, I worked did. overtime with him. With I, said, hey, I said, that, that, uh, Chris, that truck's like uh, Cardinal Red. He goes, Chiefs Red. <laughs> <laughs> he corrects me very fast. Uh, yeah. yeah. I almost yeah. went with the Crimson. Yeah. Yeah. You should have. Should I just stop recording now? Like, just, just delete the episode? I'm not having no damn Cardinals fan. <laughs> oh, no. hey man! You know what? I am a I'm a diehard Cardinals hater myself. Yeah. But uh, I think most people that live here are. Yeah. yeah. Most people with common sense are. Oh no! Yeah. Oh no! See, honestly, you know who my second favorite baseball team is. Who's that? It's the Cubbies. Is it? Seriously. So when, when we lived in Chicago, when I was a kid. Yeah. It didn't matter who you liked. You had to pick one: White Sox or Cubs. Oh, I hate the White Sox. It's like uh, Cubbies, it is, man. Yeah. It's like Paul last night. Paul, mm -hmm. though, he, he's a big time Cubby fan and a Royals fan. Yep. So he lays into me. That's why we get along so well. Yeah. Yeah. 
I like the Yankees and the Braves. Boo. <laughs> I'll give you the Braves all. I'm, I'm, when they when Chipper Jones was playing back in the day. Oh, dude. Classic. I love I love I love the Braves. Oh, yeah. I like their pitching them. staff too, man. Glavin, yeah. Smoltz, Maddox. Yeah. yeah. It was it was unbelievable. Yeah. I do miss those days. Yep. Well, and that's whenever I was my dad was a Braves fan. And that's I, usually how it works. Yeah. But it was the closest team to you guys really. No, we had the Astros and the Rangers. It was the closest team to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> Nolan Ryan Rangers. Yes. And you gotta remember whenever I grew up. Yeah. Well, so, at the same time we grew up. Well, he's easy to root for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everybody liked Nolan Ryan. Yeah, it doesn't mean they like the Rangers. Yeah, although everybody loved Nolan Ryan when he got into his fight. Yeah. Yes, I still watched that video. It was like twenty-one years ago. Yeah, Robin Ventura bit mm, off a little bit more than he could chew. Oh yeah, <laughs> old man can fight, man. <laughs> oh. You nailed it though when you said uh, about because your dad liked him, right? Like, yeah, that's why I am a fan. Because my father, so yeah, but that can't define you. No, you still have a yeah. Know, I still have my own personal, personal choice, choice, which is right. the reason that and he chose to be a Packers. Fan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how did that well, work out? How, how did... So, and it's basically the same reason why I like the Yankees. Um, whenever I was a kid, my yep. dad got me they were winning a, a couple of books mm -hmm. about is basically sports history books. Okay. Right, so I started reading about you know the early Yankees, the Babe Ruth Yankees, mm -hmm. the Lou Gehrig Yankees. I really liked those stories. I liked those guys. And that's kind of why I right. like that team. Now, do I agree with how they run things now? No. And I don't really follow baseball anymore, right. but I'm still consider myself a Yankees fan. And it's the same, same. thing with the Packers. Mm -hmm. You know, I had, he bought me this book uh, for Christmas one year that was basically like the story of all of the Super Bowls. You know, and of course the Packers won oh, the first okay. two Super Bowls, yeah. and I got to read about Bart Starr yeah. and you know Vince Lombardi. Sent and the just, foundation of yeah, yeah, the foundation of the team, and how you know the Packers are basically they're owned by the town, and you know it's like that small town right. feel. And right. I've been there a couple times to watch games. I watched a playoff game there; they lost, but you know yeah. it was still like the experience and just. Maybe the nostalgia right. of it. I think Lambeau is great field. And yeah, the tour is amazing. Yeah. If you've never done it. Yeah, yeah. It's the history of the team why is, is what I gravitated right. towards. Yeah, so hundred percent. There's a story why you like them. Yeah, right. Yeah, you, know, you remember? For me, I can remember my my dad, my uncle, cheering for the the Dolphins. Right. I can remember them cheering Marino on. Of course, they were down there in the '70s when they. Oh, they, Shula and they undefeated. Good, right? and, yeah. yeah. So that's what they fell in love. Yeah. So their stories, well. It's easy to root for a team that's winning. So they were down there in the seventies. They loved yeah. them, and that kind of remember growing up watching Marino. Even living here, trying to watch one. If you guys remember sports, uh, sports machine came on Sunday nights on Channel Forty One. Uh, I didn't grow yeah, up you here, here, so it was an old. It was before Sports Center. Uh, it come yeah. on, and I could watch the highlights. Oh, Marino yeah. threw a touchdown. You know, so yeah. But even going through all that, following yeah. them and having history with the team, why you like them? Yeah. So. So that's. I mean. That's for yeah. me, isn't it? S sitting around watching baseball games or going to the field here in yeah. town with family, yeah. Friday night fireworks and dollar hot dogs, sitting on third baseline, watching my favorite player back in the day until yeah. I met him. Yeah. <laughs> still, you know, as far, as far as baseball player goes, still one of the best. Yeah. And the whole pine tart thing is still my favorite video. Yeah. Yeah. You know, wa watching the, the football team. and Yeah. I mean, did I be – 
I'll be a fan for life. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. Chris Kway is still my favorite player. Yeah. Hands yeah. down. Well, Derek Thomas, but. Yeah. The Nigerian nightmare. Yeah. Love that guy. We, uh, when I played in college, we played at uh, Azusa Pacific, which is his alma mater. Mm-hmm. We had a playoff game there, and, like, he did the coin flip, but I'm sitting out there, I'm like, like, as I'm a running back in college, mm-hmm. and this dude, like, looked like an offensive lineman compared to me, and I'm just like, <laughs> Well, let's let's be honest. <laughs> he was abnormally large for a running back, especially yeah, at yes. that time period. He's like Jerome Bettis. He yeah. scared me. Abnormally big and yeah. fast. He scared me. Yeah. <laughs> like he could have told me to go do my chores before the game game. I'd been like, take the pads <laughs> off. Here I go. <laughs> <laughs> Mom, make the keys. Yeah. <laughs> That's well, good. Right. There's always that stuff there, and you know, your family has a big influence on yeah, yeah. on what you do and when you need help. Yeah. They're there to give you that hand up. Yeah. 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 Well, it's but family doesn't have to be blood. Yeah, it's co- that community support and having a support system. You know, like we've kind right. of been talking about, that's huge. Yeah. You know, being able to talk to other firemen and you know peer support teams or counselors or whatever, or and having that home support. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's having that's another thing that's people need to have and realize you have to have something right. outside you're of this alone. line of work. Yeah. yeah. You're not, you're not alone. Yeah. yeah. So sometimes, sometimes it takes a stranger too. Yeah. Yeah. Just somebody, you know, that's where our peer support came from was, F, you know, FDNY. Yeah. Yeah. That's who got us going on it. So. Yeah. yeah. Not a bad thing. And they, they flew here after that, after our incident. And I thought that was huge. I mean, I yeah. had respect for them anyway, just not, not because they're the department, but because they're other firemen. But that just, you know, it was huge. Yeah. And I got a free t-shirt out of it too. So <laughs> thanks, thanks baseball. Taking the Mets down. <laughs> I think what really keeps me in perspective too is, is to know, like, even if you get blessed with 80 years, it's just, it's a short period of time. It's really not that yeah. long in the eternity. So I enjoy each day. I take advantage of it. Now I try to always like push back against the laziness and, and try to seek adventure and, and laugh a lot, man. Like I love to laugh, so don't get me laughing too hard. It's kind of annoying laugh, but uh, cannot be worse than Chris Anderson's. I don't know if I've ever heard his. Go back and watch our episode of the okay. podcast with him. Okay. He belted out. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, you, you can hear him really laughing about when we were out, when we were at the other station. He never came down to work with us. Yeah, because we hardly ever had details in. Yeah. Mm-mm. You can hear him about three blocks That's away. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. He'd probably get me on. Yeah. <laughs> it does. It's yeah. infectious. I love that, man. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's enjoying the little moments of life, you know, the mundane, have fun in the mundane. Yeah. Because a lot of life is mundane. Get up, go to work, do things, come back home, do it all over again. So, but find that joy in that moment, you know, and push back against the, the brokenness, you know, put life into that. Absolutely. Absolutely, dude. Good stuff. Yeah. Thanks for Thanks coming guys. on. Absolutely. Thanks for having it. me. I appreciate it. So just like we end every episode, um, if you guys see somebody having a problem, if you're having a problem, reach out. Like we said multiple times today, <laughs> you're not alone. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's always somebody around. Mm-hmm. So take care of yourself.